What's up, everyone, and welcome to Making the Shift. We're an SLP couple from California with three boys and a passion for finding better ways to support autistic kids. I'm Chris. You might know me as Speech Dude. I'm a neurodivergent high school SLP and the creator of the dynamic assessment of social-emotional learning, and I specialize in crafting neurodiversity-affirming IEPs through my online course. And I'm Jesse, a sensory integration trained SLP, owner of a top rated clinic in Los Angeles, and the creator of the Inside Out Sensory Communication Programs for Parents and Therapists. Join us weekly to learn neurodiversity affirming ways to support social emotional development and regulation in autistic kids. Are you ready to make the shift? Let's do it. Hello, hello. Today we are talking about. One of the most common questions I get from both parents and therapists, and this is really more about how can I get my child the sensory input they need? How do I know like how to combine different sensory inputs to really get them what they need? And something I hear a lot from parents is like, well, he seems like he knew that he needed a lot of movement. So he just go, go, goes, but it just feels like he never stops. It's like, he's just going and going and going almost like it's never enough. And I hear that a lot. So here is a phrase I use, which is like a marketing phrase, I think. And it is so random and may not even make sense to you why I'm using it, but it helps me in my brain. So let's see if it helps you too. Okay. It's that concept of sell them what they want, but then give them what they need, okay, which is a marketing tactic. Sell them what they want, but give them what they need. What they need. What do I mean by that? Okay, I mean like if there is a company selling weight loss shakes, okay, what the person wants is, I want to look good in a bathing suit. I want to feel good this summer, right? That is what they want. That is essentially what the company is selling the person is you're going to look great this summer because of these shakes. But then they buy and you give them what they need, which is maybe it's like a diet and exercise plan and it's strategies for getting better sleep and it's how to eliminate your stress. It's like, all of the things that are actually going to get them the results that they need. Okay, but no one's going to buy that shake if it says, hey, I have all these really hard things for you to do, and I know that you don't want to do them, but that's what you need to do, so you should buy this, right? That's why this line was invented. Sell them what they want, but give them what they need. Okay, so where am I going here? The thing about sensory input and using sensory in our sessions is that sometimes kids know what they want, but they don't know what they need. So that's why I hear things like, oh, well, he's just go, go, go nonstop on the move. It's like, yeah, because he wants that. He wants that movement. But is that necessarily what he needs? Maybe. Maybe it is what he needs up into a point. And then after that point, it's not what he needs. But kids can have a really hard time making that judgment of, okay, I think I got what I needed. Now let me go do something else, right? It's like 
growing up, you're sitting playing like, did anyone else play Sims? Okay, Sims. Say you're playing Sims on the computer and you're like hungry and you know you need to take a break and you're getting frustrated and it's all building up, but like you're not going to go and take that break, right? Because you're continuing to do what you want, not what you need. So I had a family come in a little while back and the mom said, you know what? My son loves to spin. He just loves it so much, but I always cut him off because I'm like, this seems like crazy. I would be so dizzy if I was doing that much spinning. But then she said, but one day I decided, you know what? I'm just going to let him have at it. I'm just going to let him spin all he wants. So what did he do? He went on the swing spinning for about an hour. And then for the rest of the day, he threw up. (laughs) Okay. So yes, he loved that spinning, but he had a really hard time understanding when his body had had enough and to move on to something else. Okay. So this is why it's so important for us to know how much a child needs of a specific type of sensory input. Okay, so today I'm going to give you three steps to being able to help a child get what they want, but also get what they need. Okay, so step one is you have to know their threshold. We've talked about this before. We have to know if a child has a low threshold, meaning they only need a little bit of sensory input in order to feel it, in order to register it, in order to be activated. Do they have a low threshold? Do they need a little? Or do they have a high threshold and they need a lot of sensory input? So first of all, you have to know that about the child. If you don't, you will have no idea how much input to give them, right? Because say you have a kid with a low threshold, but you're giving them so much, you could be giving them way too much sensory input, which is just going to drive them into a state of dysregulation or further dysregulation. And the opposite can happen as well, where you might have a child who has a really high threshold, but you are not giving them enough. You're not even activating their brain because you are giving such small amounts of sensory input. So number one, we have to know what is their threshold? Did they have a low threshold or a high threshold? Do they need a little bit of sensory input or do they need a lot? Okay, step two, meet their threshold. If they have a low threshold, they have a little cup, you want to fill their cup. If they have a high threshold and a big cup, you want to fill their cup. Okay, it's going to be a lot faster with smaller, less intense sensory experiences to fill a little cup. You're going to need to provide a lot of bigger, more intense, more stimulating experiences to fill a child who has a big cup. Okay, but we have to meet the threshold. For kids who have that high threshold and they're not getting it met, that's where you're seeing the constant like searching for more, searching for more input because they don't feel stimulated enough. It's not enough for their brain. It's not enough for their body. Okay, so step one, identify their threshold. Step two, meet their threshold. Give them the sensory input they need to meet that threshold. Step three is now where we are going to turn the tables a little bit 
And now is when we have moved from the giving them what they want to giving them what they need. Step three is giving them the input they need, the level of input they need, the type of input they need in order to bring them into that optimal learning zone. Okay. That is what I call the place where their brain and their body are regulated and engaged. And they're in the place where they are going to be learning and communicating in the most effective way possible. So step three, we are going to give them the input they need to bring them into that optimal zone. Okay. And for some kids that might be that they need some exciting input, some alerting input. Maybe they need to jump up and down. Maybe they need singing with loud songs and big movements. Okay. Maybe they need tickles or some kind of like touch experience. Um, Maybe they need what it could be a million things, right? Okay. But maybe they need something that's more exciting, more alerting because we're looking at them. They kind of seem like drowsy, low energy, and we want to give them some input that's going to bring their energy level up into that optimal area. Okay. But what we see a lot of the times with kids who have that high threshold, like our seeker kids is now we are going to have to take this time after we have met the threshold we've given them what they want now we've got to give them what they need which is calming them okay so after doing these big movement experiences this might be a good time to do something that's going to be more calming more rhythmic slower paced lower volume less stimulating and that might mean changing our own energy lowering our energy to try to help them to lower theirs. That might mean after doing these big experiences like jumping and swinging and singing loud, maybe now we're going to move to deep squeezes and soft singing and rhythmic rocking and hugs and Play-Doh pushing on it, something that's going to be calming for them. Okay, so we need to, let's review those steps. One, figure out if they have a low or high threshold. Step two, meet that threshold, do activities that are going to fill their cup, whatever size cup they have. And step three is going to be give them the input they need to get them into that optimal learning zone. So figuring out what exactly they need in that moment. Do they need more energy? Do they need less energy? And how can we give them those experiences in order to bring them into that zone? Okay, because that zone is where the magic happens. That zone is where the learning happens. That's where we want our kids to be in our sessions. That's where we want our kids to be in our classrooms. And is it realistic that they're going to be in that zone 100% of the time? No, because none of us are, okay? None of us are in that optimal zone 100% of the time. We all have times of the day where we go in and out of it, okay? But our goal is that if we are doing something that we are trying to get the child to learn, engage, use language, et cetera, we want to try to get them into that optimal zone. So I hope that was super helpful. I hope that gave you some good takeaways of things you can try 
And like I said, this is one of the most common questions I get from families, common questions I get from therapists. So I hope that this was helpful for you and you got to get some good takeaways here. And thanks so much for being here. If you enjoyed today's episode, hit subscribe, write a review, or share it with a friend. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next time.